The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent, including Olas Media. Olas Media. Welcome, everybody, again to another dynamic, inspirational, informative episode of Cannabis Enlightened. I am your host, Dr. Brady. And today we have two very interesting gentlemen with us. Uh, two gentlemen that I've been trying to get on the program for a long time. So whatever you're doing, stop it and listen to this program because you're going to hear history in the making and history that has a long, long, what should I say, uh, gentlemen? A um, tale. A long tale, he says. No, that's, that's not a, a long tale. That's not a pretty word. A long no. story. A long yeah. story uh, yeah. that brings together, interestingly enough, music and cannabis. True All right? that. True that, Dr. Leroy. Okay. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you and talk a little bit about uh, who they are and, and what they do. because, And I want you guys to talk about your musical background, too. Okay. We're gonna. Don't that's leave gonna, that. That's what we're going to talk about, mostly. Oh, mostly. We'll get to cannabis because that's your gig, but <laughs> we're going to talk about who we really are, Okay, which and is we're the two co-founders of Amoeba Music. That's Dave trying to take over my program right now. but <laughs> You wanted me on the show. I didn't ask for this, all right? Did I? Well, no, <laughs> did I, you didn't. Did I come begging to you? No, you didn't. But <laughs> you did say to me, you were hanging on to my leg saying, I want to be on the program. <laughs> I got to be on Cannabis well, here we are. I made it. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, let's start off. Dave, would you introduce yourself to our listening audience? Yeah, I'm Dave Prinz. I'm one of the founders, one of the co-founders. I'm here with my fellow co-founder, Mark Weinstein. I'm Dave Prinz, and we're the two people who started Amoeba Music back in Berkeley in 1990. Wow. Yeah. And what is, maybe I should get with Mark before I uh, ask you, what is Amoeba Records? Well, you can talk to Mark. Okay, I can talk to Mark now. Mark. Should I introduce myself too? That would be nice. (laughs) I'm Mark Weinstein. I'm Dave's partner. We're co-founders of Amoeba Music. And uh, Dave and I were both uh, uh, very into opening a record store once upon a time. There's a whole story there. But the one bit I will tell is that I was already managing a little record store in San Francisco, and Dave lived in the neighborhood, and he loved music, and we talked a lot about music and did a lot of back and forth. Mm -hmm. But he also loved cannabis like I did. And uh, so way back when when we started, we had this mutual love for cannabis. And I'll mention that now, even though the cannabis part of our story comes way later. In those days, we would just sort of meet up at the store, do some wheeling and dealing, and then we'd go out, and we'd smoke a little Hawaiian because Dave had access. So that was like our big thing was like our connection in the very first place, me and Dave, was over cannabis well, that's as much as music. So in terms of the full right. circle of our story, that was a, a really important part of how we became Amoeba well, in the first that, place. That's how Amoeba was started. Okay, but you guys are musicians too now, right? Yeah. What do you, what do you play? I play guitar and Mark plays drums. I'm a drummer. Okay. And you still play? I play. Yeah, Mark, I play Mark's, all the time. Mark's a, a, profe- a profe- I still gig. You yeah. still gig? Yeah. Okay. I had a great gig last Sunday, in fact, with the original keyboard and horn player with the Mothers of Invention, who both of whom are almost not, they're 90. Okay. Wow. And we warmed up for them at this beautiful venue in L.A. Wow. last Sunday. Yeah. Wow. So what kind of music do you guys play then? I mean, 
I get I'm more of idea. a jazz and creative weirdo, and Dave is a. I'm into really, Django. That's right. Yeah. Django. Django yeah. Whiteheart. Okay, break down Django for me. Django's the best acoustic guitar player's ever lived. Okay. And I, I, yeah. strive, I strive to be like him. I'm okay. not, but I strive to be like him. Yeah. Okay. If I could play one tenth as good as him, I would die happy. Okay. <laughs> he probably is pretty good, right, Mark? I mean. Oh, he's Dave, great. Yeah, and he has, okay. you know, he practices a lot, but what he. It's talking about what he strives for is something that can only be achieved by a genius like Django Reinhardt himself. Okay. Who, if you don't know who he is, he was a hot club of France, amazing jazz guitar player from what the twenties through the the twenties through the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But he died very young at the age of forty-two. Oh my. Very sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he, to me, he's one of the two great guitar players of all time. Him and Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, I know Jimi Hendrix. Jimi I go back I, to uh, maybe George Benson. Mm-hmm. All I can great do. Player. Great player, West Montgomery. West Montgomery great was player. before George Benson. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. West player. Montgomery, very good. Oh, really good. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're as good as those guys. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody is. That's why they, that's why that's why we're saying their names now. Okay. You, you know, nobody's as good as West Montgomery. Okay. You know? <laughs> We both like to meditate with cannabis and music. It's something we both love doing. Okay. And it's if it's either playing, practicing, jamming, or listening, whatever it is, we know that cannabis enhances that experience, at least for us. Okay. And it's so, always been a part of our world. So. Well, before I get into that, um, how how big is your music um, or your record, collection? your record collection business? How big is that? You mean the, the our store? The store. Or, yeah. Oh, well. We have three stores, you know, the first store was in Berkeley, and that's about 7,500 square feet, that store. That's um, a big store. It's pretty big. That's our baby store. That's the baby store. Oh, my. The second store was San Francisco, which opened in 97, and that's about 24,000 square feet. Oh, my. And that was the okay. biggest record store in the world until we built the L.A. store. In the world? Yes, yes. it was. Yes, it okay. was. Okay. It was, right. the, and the only new and used record store in the world ever to become close to that size, you know. There were new stores that were in the fifteen to twenty thousand foot range, but right. nothing, nothing as big as that. Uh, and then it was um, it, for new and used. There was nothing like it. It was it was a new concept. So were you guys bigger than Tower? Yes. Yes, way bigger. Way bigger. He <laughs> said. Square footage. Yes. Bigger than Tower. And we used to gross more than Tower. And yeah. Tower okay. used to talk about us in their meetings. We hear. We oh. weren't there, of course. But we've heard rumors. You had spies. Well, it wasn't so much. <laughs> we know a lot of people. In it's like, you know, I think Russ Solomon told somebody that we knew, know this. That oh, okay. right, you know the guys at Amoeba. You know we talk about them a lot. We, 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 we try to. We, like they're, they're the new, they're the new uh, edge in the industry. We okay. Were. But Tower never could could do what we did because they didn't ever want to get into used. Well, Tower's gone now. They are correct. Long gone. So why are you guys still? In existence well, we, and Tower's gone. We wanted to create an ultimate destination for all record buyers. So we just have everything new and used, all formats. And so we're a place that anyone who's a record geek or just looking for music mm-hmm. can go and almost certainly find what they want. Okay, so we know the name. Can you give us location? Where's the, where's the L.A. store located? It's in Hollywood. It's on Hollywood. Hollywood and Argyle. In Hollywood, downtown Hollywood. Right across from the Pantages Theater. Okay, right? yeah. okay. Do you guys visit that store very often? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we're there. So if I come to that store, you guys will greet me and say, welcome in, if, Dr. Leroy? If we were there, we'd be so happy to see you. <laughs> yeah. All right? I'm not saying we're going to be there, but if we were there, you're, you're, you're in. We're All there right? often. We'll show you. 
Okay. We have, we have partners. If you ever want to see the store, sure. we're not yeah. there. Our partners would be very happy. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. So where's the next store then? From L.A., we go in where? San Francisco. San Francisco. In the Haight. In the Haight, Haight-Ashbury. Haight Ooh. And, you know, spooky, I know. But because uh, mm -hmm. it's, you know, people have a vision of the hate that it's a little run down. But it's actually not. It's mm -hmm. actually... It's actually pretty strong now, and people are digging it. Okay. It's come back, and it's really, uh, it's really a nice neighborhood. One of the great retail strips anywhere, really. Okay. It's cool. The hate, the hate remains way cool. Way cool. And we remain the coolest store on that street. Okay, so then the last store is in Berkeley. Berkeley. And that was that the was first the store. First of the first store. The first store is in Berkeley on, on Telegraph near the uh, UC Berkeley campus. Okay, I was just going to ask you if you could yeah. give the listening audience a little context of where it is and, located. And that's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's on Telegraph Avenue near UC Berkeley, about three blocks from the campus. Okay. And uh, that's our first store. And like Mark said, uh, that store was created because we enjoyed smoking Hawaiian pot together, which I used to bring back from Hawaii in my sock. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> back in the day. Okay. All right. All right. stuff my socks with Hawaiian pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's before they made you take your shoes off, you know. I, I want the <laughs> listening audience to know that... <laughs> He, he just went to his sock to show us. Where. That's where I used to put it. Yeah. Okay. When, when Mark, okay. He doesn't keep it there anymore, luckily. No, Thank no. you. <laughs> no, the times have changed, but okay. Uh, but there's okay. nothing like Hawaiian pot. So, he, so uh, maybe one final question about the the music. Um, maybe not final, but before we move more into cannabis. Um, what kind of music would a person be able to find at your stores? I mean, how old? Um, Honestly, we have everything. And that, and that's Top why, to bottom. That's why people want, you can, you can find something you've been looking for your whole life. Mm. And people do. And that's the greatest thing about being in that business. Okay. Because it makes people so happy. Okay. Find, you, know, you can go to amoeba.com and look at what's in my bag segments. And there'll be people, uh, you know, musicians and actors. Ethan Hawke mm -hmm. did a cool segment. Uh, uh, what's his name? Michael um, Sh Shannon did a great segment. Mike, uh, the actor. Um, there's uh, all sorts of great musicians have done segments, uh, and they talk about what they find in our store and what it means right. to them. Right. We and sell 78s, for example. 78s. Yeah, I mean, no eight, stores. Eight we tracks. Yeah. Cassettes. Eight tracks. Oh yeah. Oh 45s. my. We sell everything, you know, and and there's a market for everything. People, you know. People want different things. How do people play that music? I they, mean, they they I, have well, I, I have a 78 player in Hawaii yeah. that, that would blow your mind. If Get out, like, really. Right Maui, you can come visit me and I'll play you stuff you won't believe. You know, I'm going to do that. Probably Seriously. Not this year, but next year. I mean 23, it. I'm coming. I mean it. Better than you can imagine. You never heard oh. anything like it. Okay. Yeah. 78s are the best, represent, the best uh, reproduction of music possible. Okay. If you have, if you have the right player. I'd like an old Wurlitzer. Yeah, that's been, that's been sort of souped up, you know, like sort of revamped. Okay, and you've never heard anything like it. Okay, it's, it's amazing. So yeah. now, <clears throat> you told me a couple of times <laughs> that you guys really loved getting together, playing music, and smoking Hawaiian yes. cannabis. Okay, so is that part of the way you got into the cannabis um, industry? Well, not really. You know, we were I mean, it was in our hearts, but it wasn't, yeah. Right. Uh, we uh, were in a situation where Berkeley had announced they were going to uh, al allow a few more people to get permits. Okay. And we're also looking to support our store in Berkeley 
uh, our record store in Berkeley and mm-hmm. had an opportunity to do that right next door, literally. So uh, we took advantage of the opportunity to put a cannabis shop right next to Amoeba and uh, um, hoping to support mm-hmm. the store, but also just create another great venue uh, on Telegraph Avenue. Because Telegraph Avenue, for those who haven't been there, historically, I mean, you could buy weed on Telegraph for decades, long before it was ever legal. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was also uh, about 10 head shops and uh, poster stores and a lot of things that you would associate with the- stores. And record stores. We had as many as 12 record stores when Amoeba opened. Wow. And uh, gradually that dwindled, but we, it's historically the strip, not unlike Haight-Ashbury in the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, in the it was record row, and that's why we located Amoeba there, and in the long run, why it made so much sense for us to try to get this permit to open a store on Telegraph. So was that hard or easy to get a permit to uh-huh. sell the... <laughs> Four years. They, laughing at me. A, there's nothing, and I mean nothing in Berkeley that's easy. All right. Okay. They're they're just impossible. Right. All right. Okay. And I don't care if they hear me. All right. <laughs> well, they kind of will. I Dave. don't care. It's yeah. it's impossible there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It took us five years to get that because place. of the politics. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and and all the all the special interest groups and the camp right. the university, and it's just it's really hard. Uh, you know, that's really good for people to hear. It's, it's because there are a lot of the listening audience that think that getting a license is a piece of cake. It's really hard. Four and a half years plus, like Dave said, almost five years. Tons and of with, council meetings, tons you know, of public community hearings. meetings, wow. letter writing campaigns, yeah. uh, all kinds of graphics that we had to show at all these different meetings with a commission for cannabis in Berkeley, the city council, uh, the mayor's office. We had personal meetings with the mayor. Uh, You know, we did everything we possibly could to be one of the few people to be awarded a permit, and it did take four and a half years. Uh, And uh, lucky us, we got our permit pretty much just when cannabis became legal, officially. That's right. So that was in um, 2015, 2016? I think the store opened in 2018. 2018, That's yeah. That's when we opened. We got the okay, but you got the license yeah, before, before that. that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Talk to me about what kind of expense, uh, what kind of money you put out from the beginning to the time the store opened. Well, we had to pay rent on the space. Okay. Right. And, and nothing was happening. Right. Well, we actually had our – Amoeba was in that space. Okay. Uh, so we, we were able to keep Amoeba in there. We didn't need as much space as we had needed in the past. We decided to shrink Amoeba down and use that space for the dispensary. Okay. Amoeba was able to stay in there, uh, you know, until maybe a year before we started. But for Amoeba, though, it would have been an empty space you're right. paying rent on. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah. So essentially, we were paying rent on an empty space. Like anyone who would try to get into this business, but, you know, you basically have to pay rent until right. you can open. But yeah. we did have the advantage that the store could stay in until <laughs> it was, right. we got a building permit. And, you know, so, you know. Right. Truthfully, gentlemen, a lot of people don't know that. Oh, they sure. they feel like, okay, I'll get my license and then I'll get a location. That doesn't work. Or if I get a location the next day, I'll get a license. Right, right. And everything will work out really well. It's complicated. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's far more complicated. This business, everybody, you know, they think it's easy. Mm-hmm. And they think it's, it's easy money. 
It's the opposite. The record business is a lot easier than this. Okay. Okay. We they, we don't have the onerous rules, regulations, right. and taxes. Can I just say something about the taxes in this business? Are you interested? Say it. Can I say it? Say it loud. Okay. I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you guys a story. Okay. Okay. Do it. You guys, I'm sure, have all heard of Al Capone. Everybody's heard of Al Capone. He's a famous gangster. Exactly. Probably the most famous gangster ever, I'd say. Uh, and the feds wanted to put Al Capone away, but they could not. It's true. They couldn't figure out a way. They couldn't get him. And they finally figured, we're going to get Al Capone for not paying his taxes. Mm -hmm. And that's our plan. And they put the best forensic accountants on Al Capone's tail, and they, 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 they tried very hard to convict him of tax evasion. And they said to Al Capone, Mr. Capone, you haven't filed tax returns in the last 12 years. What's up with that? He goes, well, I haven't made any profit. And they go, oh, really? They go, he goes, <laughs> yes. He goes, I don't believe in the Volstead Act. I'm a libertarian. The Volstead Act, of course, being prohibition. Right. I'm a libertarian. And uh, as long as I keep people uh, employed and, and families fed, I don't care if I break even. I have, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. Of course, that wasn't true, but it, it kind of sounded good, you know? Yeah. And they still couldn't get him, okay? But finally, they finally did get Al Capone on tax evasion. But when they got Al Capone on tax evasion, they let Al Capone deduct rent, and they let Al Capone deduct mm. payroll, mm. and they let Al, Al Capone deduct benefits, and they let Al Capone deduct utilities. Right. They don't let us do that. They treat us worse than Al freaking Capone. And why is that? The because of Prop 280, 280E, which is this tax uh, law that was came in the, during the Reagan years, uh, put in by Nancy Reagan, that uh, basically lets drug dealers deduct any cost of goods but nothing else. And we're considered drug dealers by the mm -hmm. federal government. And because of that, uh, most dispensaries, even if they're profitable, can't make any money, mm. all right? That's the problem. And most dispensaries are hurting really bad because of that. And in California, a lot of dispensaries are in distress mm. and aren't going to make it. Even though this industry seems easy, it's anything but. A lot of people from the outside look at it and they say, oh, this is easy. You guys are floating in money. Oh, yeah. You're just it's, making money hand over fist. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, last quarter, we made... 150,000 profit, we owe uh, 270 in taxes. Who, what, what business wow. do, you, do you owe more in taxes than you make in profit? Okay, you tell me a business. That That's can, incredible. Okay? That's and, incredible. And, and we're good at the taxes. If we weren't good at it, we would have owed 100,000 more. And you'd be in jail right now. Well, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm taking advantage of legal uh, ways to uh, to offset some of these right. onerous taxes. Right. I'm, I'm not... Uh, but, but honestly, most, most businesses don't have the ability to do that because we lobbied hard in Berkeley for a special uh, license that enables you to do uh, uh, light manufacturing and, and reconfiguring on site, mm -hmm. and you can write that off because it's cost of goods. That's legal, all right? But most businesses aren't able to do that because they don't have uh, that, that license available in their municipalities. Mm. So your margin is, is very sharp, very tight. Our margin's reasonable for any other retail business but ours. Yeah. If if you're in our business, you can make you can make if you're in any other business, you would make money with this margin. Right. But but in our business it's impossible to make money with this margin because of the tax implications. Wow. That's the problem. How many people do you have working in your store? Fifty? Yeah, I thought it was 38 at a point, but I don't know the current number. Oh, between maybe, 40 maybe, and 50. Maybe around between 40 and 50. I'd say 40 and 50. 50. Yeah. 
and it, you're making enough to support those employees at yes. least. Oh yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. We're paying all our bills. We're paying everybody. We're paying all our vendors. Okay. And uh, you know, so we're not suffering in that way at all. But uh, doesn't leave us with much. Very much. Yeah. Well, it's so, a hard, it's a very hard industry, and it, it, unless you're vertically integrated, right, uh, it's very hard to survive. In and by vertically integrated, you you mean if, unless you have like cultivation and manufacturing, right. and yes. also because yes. you're at. Um, Yes. You're you're at the sales point. Unless you have yeah. at least your own grows. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So what? One more question. Okay. So what? Um, where are you in terms of the future? What kind of future things are you looking at? Well, we're um, we're looking at building a lounge. In our yeah, we farm. have a great building right behind us for a lounge. Okay. So we're merging the properties and getting ready to launch that uh, sometime, hopefully next year. And hopefully it'll be a place that the. Uh, that's community enjoys as a place to hang with out. a music permit, hopefully, and we'll have okay. music, live music, and wow, it's going to be. We just think that's the ideal location right. for a cannabis uh, consumption is music and consumption would ma it would just go so well together. I've, I, I think all these defunct theaters around California should all be get legalized for cannabis because you know watching be music and theater or film. And smoking pot, what could be better, you know? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of anything. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for okay. spending some time Thanks with for having me. Us, I, really. I really appreciate it. Can you give a plug, another plug for your um, cannabis shop up in Berkeley? Yes, it's called High Fidelity. High Fidelity, 2465 Telegraph Avenue, 94704. Uh, and, you know, we have a great store, not unlike... Uh, you know, some of these great stores, we're just seeing March and Ash for the first time, and I think it's a comparable kind of store with a huge array of products. We try to be, like with Amoeba, everything for everybody, although it's not as all-encompassing as Amoeba. It's a really comprehensive selection and okay. nice store. Yeah. And so, we have great buyers. Our, our, uh, we're the only Native American buyer in California. Wow. Uh, his name's Chris Garcia, and he goes to all the farms, he knows all the he knows all the growers. He's really wow. into sustainable organic product. Yeah. And we only carry the best Fantastic. that we can bring in. So if if any of my listening audience happens to be up in Berkeley, they're liable to see both of you or one of you at the oh, store. Sure, yeah. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I really appreciate the time that you've spent with me here today. Pleasure, really. Talking Pleasure. about uh, Amoeba Records and also uh, your cannabis High store, yeah. High Fidelity in Berkeley. Yep. Fant I can't wait to see it. Okay. Bye-bye. I will do. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to Cannabis Enlightened. I'm your host, Dr. Leroy. And if you want to reach out to me with uh, comments, questions, or just to say hi to me, uh, I'm at Dr. Leroy at CannabisEnlightened.com. And remember, as always, knowledge is power. <laughs>